0: book of Colossians chapter number one, and we're going to continue in this study this month titled, Draw Near to His Body, Draw Near to His Body, and we're going to build off of our understanding from the Word of God that um, body serves as a metaphor for the church, but it is much more than a metaphor, it is literally the appropriate term for what God has brought into existence and has determined to sustain and to carry out His work, the church. And we're in Colossians 1, and we'll find just a beginning place here in verse number 18. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. Lord God, help us today to discern the truth from Your Word. And Lord, I pray that we each might be drawn closer to Thee and consequently to Your body, the church, through these times together. For this we ask in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. I never want to stand up and preach about me because it's never about me. It's always about Him. Amen. And uh, sometimes... The illustrations that I give are personal illustrations, and the only reason for that is I know me better than anybody else. And, uh, you know, as I have considered this idea of the body of Christ being the church, I've been going through a season where I've been dealing with some injuries that I've sustained over the years, and many of you have been praying together with me. And uh, there are some days where it's just, quite frankly, hard for me to get out of the bed. And I don't mean because I'm so tired. I mean because the body just doesn't want to seem to cooperate. How many of you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) I I mean, I, I went to the doctor the other day and I said, Doctor, look, I realize everybody has aches and pains. Can I get a witness on that? Nobody wants to witness to their aches and pains today? <laughs> How many of you have them? Let me see here it's going to make me feel better if you have them too i i don 't want to feel like you know some kind of a freak in this world because i can 't get out of the bed you know, but uh, we all have aches and pains. I said doc, I realize that i don 't necessarily want you to try to treat me because the bones are creaking a little bit because i 'm getting older you know but but just the chronic debilitating stuff that keeps me from going that's that's kind of what I want you to address for me so I, I'm not expecting the miraculous out of you. I just want some progress here, you know. And uh, so I, I was just kind of coaching him up a little bit, trying to help him know how to do his best for me. And uh, he sent me to physical therapy. Now, how many of you have been so blessed as to have that, folks? I got to tell you, the first time I walked in that, I think uh, in there, I thought this is going to be great. It's kind of like going to the gym, you know. And there's all this exercise equipment. I got to tell you something. It's not at all like going to the gym. Okay. It is, in fact, rather no fun at all. I I can go to the gym and I can say, you know, I'm going to do cardio today. You know, I could maybe go out there and swim or I could play some basketball and I could have fun doing cardio. There's nothing fun about going to physical therapy. I'm just telling you right now. How many of you know what I'm talking about? In fact, I'm going to tell you what, it hurts. (laughs) And uh, contrary to some of you, maybe, I don't know, I'm just not really into pain. You know, some of you like getting tattoos. I don't because somebody told me once they don't, they hurt. It hurts to get them. Does it? Does it hurt? It hurts. Well, I'm not into pain. So maybe you like to pay to have somebody inflict pain on you, but I'm really not into that, right? Can I get a witness on that one? I have a few commonsensical folks roaming around still, but you know, I, I walk into the gym and 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 they say, "Okay, we're going to start you out on this bicycle," and they want me to to move my hips and to and to loosen everything up, get the blood flowing. And I'm like, "How many miles do you want me to pedal on this thing?" You know, and, and I'm going in and I'm sitting next to 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 some guy that's doing this with the bicycle handles, you know, and he's. And I'm like, why can't I do that? That looks easy, you know. And uh, but you know, they're they're putting a little stress and strain on my system. And then they said, okay, now we want you to do some stretching. Now I'm thinking, okay, I can do, do a little stretching, you know. And and, uh, and I got to tell you something. They, they say, okay, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your foot up on this ledge, and you're gonna and you're gonna do forty movements. You're gonna do twenty this way, twenty that way, twenty that way, twenty twists. All on this one leg, and then you gotta do it on the other one. And I'm thinking, I'm standing on one leg balancing, and I'm trying to do all this stretching and twisting, and 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 then I gotta switch legs. Well, I, I put my other leg down and and I looked like the 85-year-old guy that was doing this, you know. And, and and I'm I'm standing up there, I'm trying to lift my leg up and it wouldn't work. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to lift my leg and it's going. Like this. It's so tensed out. And I'm trying to lift the thing up. And I'm looking around like, is anybody seeing this? I hope nobody's videotaping this, because it's going to go viral, you know, and, I'm, and, and my leg is just trembling, and so I take my hand, and I'm trying to pull my leg up to the ledge, you know, and uh, and, and I thought, maybe I just need to shake it out, you know, or I need to walk it off for a minute. I, how many of you are into, into that, you know, and, and, you know, the kids fall down, they're bleeding in 14 places, and you say, oh, just walk it off, you know, put some dirt on it, you'll be okay. So I thought, maybe I just need to walk it off, you know, but still, you know, I'm just, trembling, and I'm thinking, this isn't right, my, the other leg just went right up there, and I've been standing on this one for five minutes now, doing all sorts of weird things, why isn't it working, you, you know what I'm saying, and the point is, is simply this, I realize that if my body isn't working and moving as my brain is telling it to, there's something wrong. And the church is called the body of Christ. And when its head, Jesus, is telling it where to go and when to go there and it's not working, there's something wrong. How many of you know that? There are times where the Lord says, Hey, I want you to go to a Wednesday night service. And you say... I don't want to go, right? Well, you're a part of the body, and God's saying, I want this part to move right now. And you're going... You know, and you're hoping nobody's watching, right? <laughs> Especially the preacher. And, uh, and you're thinking, I don't, I don't want to go. And you're like this. And, and God's saying, no, I want you to go. And someone calls you on the phone to say, hey, listen, we'll go out to Denny's after church. And you know what? That's somebody grabbing your leg and saying, let's get busy, right? And the fact is, look, the church is a body. I want to bring you a message today entitled, The Body in Motion, alright? I saw a gym called Bodies in Motion. I think there's an exercise class called that, isn't there? How how many of you have heard of it, Bodies in Motion? Yeah, I'm never going. (laughs) Although I want to have a body that's in motion. But look, I want you to know that this body has a head. His name is Jesus, and the head contains the brain which sends the messages to the nervous system, which makes us move. Do I have it right, Doc? That's generally it. I mean, I, I, I didn't become a, a physician, but I, but I did th- get a B-plus in, uh, in, in anatomy in school, and so I think that's how it all works, right? And, uh, but, but the fact is, look, the head is to direct what the members of the body do. Now I want to ask you a question. Who's calling the shots in your life? If God says, I want you to move this way, I want you to go this way, and you're going this way, that's a problem. Right? That's a big problem. You say, Pastor, good, you moved left and right. Therapy must be working. That's a problem. Who's calling the shots in your life when God says, I want you to go down on Saturday and join that 26th a group of 26 people, and tell others about the Lord. Who's calling the shots then? Well, I'm, I just, you know, I sort of think I feel like I might be coming down with something. No, you don't. You're just wimping out. You want to stay home and watch HGTV and 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 watch Flip or Flop, or you want to watch your cooking shows. It, don't get me, I sort of think I feel like I might be coming. Well, you know what that means? That means that you are wimping out, Right? What is it anyway? I sort of think I feel like I might be coming down with something. <laughs> don't bring that weak stuff in here. It'll be like uh, Dakimbe Matumbo saying, Don't bring that weak stuff in here. Some of you have seen that on, you don't, you don't know who Dakimbe Matumbo is. Some of you need to get an education. I, I'm just saying. But uh, the fact is that we're engaged in a work of carrying out the will of the Lord, and He is ahead, is calling us to it. And it is more than just a metaphorical body. It is a literal body by biblical definition. Because we have members of this body, don't we? We have a head on the body. We're to be the hands of God extended. The heart of God towards a world in need. And God has called us to be a living, breathing organism that is able to be sustained by the spiritual nourishment which He provides to us. So by that sense of the term, it is not just a metaphor, it's something literally that functions as a body. It's an organism, not just an organization. And so I think that we need to acknowledge the fact that since God created to be thus, we are a part of that mechanism that extends The arms of God around those that are hurting, the hands of God to give a hand up, the heartbeat of God to have compassion to every soul in need, the eyes of God to look with compassion upon those that are in distress, the shoulder of God to provide a shoulder upon which those that are hurting in this life can lean and cry. And, folks, The reason why God wanted a body was so that we could do His work. And He said, look, I will fill you up. I will enable you to do it. I just need a willing vessel. We discover the body's foundation. And we've mentioned and alluded to this in each of our messages in this month. But I I, I want us to be firmly aware of the fact that the body's foundation is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, uh, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, meaning Jesus, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I shall give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose, on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so He was giving them the authority by granting them the keys of the kingdom to do the work as a body that He had ordained for them to do, but it is upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 7, we read about um, Christ being the foundation. And you remember when you were a kid in Sunday school, singing, The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came tumbling down. Remember that one? And then the foolish man built his house upon the sand, and then the rains came tumbling down. And what happened? His house went splat, right? And because what was the moral of the story? Build your life on the bedrock of Jesus Christ. And so what we understand is that we're called, and by the way, Some songwriter didn't make that up. That's in the Bible, Matthew chapter 7. And so we understand that Jesus is the foundation. Peter himself declared so in 1 Peter chapter 2. People are mistaken to think that Peter was the foundation of the church because Peter himself said, Jesus is the head of the corner, the stone which the builders rejected, but has now become the head of the corner. And uh, so we're the... We're the building of God upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. We're the body of Christ built up upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. And we are, according to 1 Corinthians 3, we are laborers together with the master builder whose name is Jesus. But we need to build our lives upon Jesus Christ. I want to say this, and this is important for us to understand our bodies in motion. In the book of Galatians, chapter two, we find one of the most popular verses in all of the Bible for many Christians. How many of you know Galatians two twenty? Let me see your hand. I'm not, there's not going to be a quiz. I'm just wanting to know. All right, I'm not going to ask you to quote it. All right, there, there's, there's a dozen people any, anyway. Maybe more. A few more. And uh, Galatians two twenty. Okay. For I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, notice the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. So who lives inside of me? Not I, but Christ. So who's the head of the body? Christ. Who lives within the body? Christ. All right. Is it Jesus living in me? In a very real sense, it is, but is the Spirit of Jesus Christ? He said, I will send you another Comforter that he may abide with you forever, and he will testify of me. And so he was talking about his own Spirit, the Spirit of the living Christ, coming to live inside of you members in particular of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we notice, secondly, the body's formation. The body's formation. So God formed a body with Jesus. The Bible tells us this in the book of Hebrews, that a body hast thou prepared for me. And that body was prepared so that it could be made a sacrifice for you and for me on Calvary. And Jesus has prepared a body for himself again. Yours and mine. And he wants to live within us. Why? So that now that he has ascended into heaven and he has a, a, a divine work that he wants to accomplish here on the earth, you and I are the vessels or the bodies, if you would, through which he wants to do the work. The other day, I had, a, a few months ago, I had some major plumbing problems at my house. In fact, um, I was we were walking through the tile hallway and, and we noticed that the floor was really warm and I thought, maybe there's an in-ground heating system that I'm not aware of in this home, you know. And the thing started spreading, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, honey, look, these tiles feel really warm. So when it was cold outside, we'd go stand on the tiles in the in the hallway, and it would warm our tootsies, you know. And and I thought, you know, this I, I think there's something wrong here. This probably is is not a good thing. The thing, and then the warmth started spreading to all the tile in the house, you know. And it was nice and toasty. And I thought, oh, that's good. And I'm saving on the heating bill, you know. And uh, and and then I thought, no, this is not right. And so we lost. Hot water to the house, <laughs> but the floor was nice and warm, and uh, you know, so it's kind of a trade-off, you know, uh, boiling water for the bathtub or you, you know having your tootsies nice and warm. So I called the plumber, you know, and and the, and the plumber uh, said, "Oh man, you got a big problem. You got a big problem." So I called a friend who's a plumber, thinking he would he would help me out, but you know what? He blew his knee out. He had surgery. He said, "I can't. I I just can't do the job. I'm I'm laid aside." But he said, I'll tell you what, he said, if you want to uh, uh, get your, your son and, and maybe your son-in-law together, I'll come over and I'll sit on a chair and I'll tell them what to do and how to do it. I just need somebody to be my hands and my feet. I thought about that. You know what the Lord did? He ascended into heaven. And he said, now I need my kids to be my hands and feet to do this work. And God has formed you, and He has indwelt you, and we're to submit to His leadership. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 13, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So what is God doing? He's living inside of me. And He's working in me so that I will know what I need to do, and I'll choose to do it, and then do of His good pleasure. So it's not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He even gives me the faith that I lack with which to serve Him and to live for Him. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I think that we need to understand that it's to us to allow God to do this work of continually molding us in His image to be His hands fully extended, to be His arms to fully embrace. And as we grow in the Lord, we'll have a greater capacity to do what He wills in our life. You know, I just want to say that I wish that I was more submissive to what He was calling me to do all the time. How about you? I wish that as much as I want my body to do everything that my mind is telling it to do at the appointed time, I want to be a part of the body that responds to the head when He says it's time to go. When He says... It's time to be my mouth. It's time for you to be my shoulder. Someone needs that shoulder. It's it's time for you now to be my feet. There's somebody that you need to go across town to help. I want to be as determined to obey my spiritual head as I want my physical members to obey what my mind tells it to do. Folks, we notice thirdly not only the body's foundation and the body's formation. We know, notice the body's faith. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 3 that the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. God wants you to live a life of faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And what that means is that we are living a life of dependence upon God, trusting Him. To do what we could never do in and of ourselves apart from Him. And so, God will give you what you need. The faith that is needed to simply trust and obey. It is the faith of Christ. One of the wonders of wonders is that we're even saved. Because did you know that faith is not something that man can manufacture? Let me say that again. I know that doesn't... That doesn't really jive with what a lot of people are hearing on the radio and television, but faith is not something that man can manufacture. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, uh, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith. So it is the Holy Spirit that produces these nine virtues in our life. The last of those nine, which is faith, is something that you don't conjure up. It's something that God gives to you as a gift of His grace. Because God never asks you to do one single thing without giving you everything you need do it. People say, I just don't know if I have the faith. Good that you came to this, you don't. God will give it to you. All right. He gives it to us at the very moment of salvation. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, for by grace are you saved through faith and that meaning faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So what does that tell us? that God gives us a gift of faith that we could not manufacture and we didn't possess apart from Him. And that makes salvation entirely of God. It's entirely of God. You know all you did was just believe. You believed. He accomplished everything. It wasn't that you had... All this great faith and God just was overwhelmed by your faith that He had to save you. No, it wasn't. You didn't have it until He gave it to you by His Spirit. And when you're drawn to the Lord by His Holy Spirit, He'll give you the faith, the very faith of God, to simply believe Him. So even that moment where you place your hand in the hand of God, to trust Him for salvation, is a work of God and not of man. The Bible says, of His own will begat He us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. The Bible says, which were born not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the will of God. You see, God chose us, and God did everything necessary to save us, including to give you the faith, to be saved, and then, day by day, as a gift of the Spirit, the faith, to simply trust Him and obey. To trust Him and obey. Uh, You know, there are days like that, right? I I wake up in the morning and say, I don't know how I can go. God, I'm just going to trust You. Put one foot in front of the other, and you know what? God gets me all the way through the day. Just take it one step at a time, one day at a time. Okay, Lord, I'm trusting You right now, Okay? I don't know how I'm going to make it, but by faith I believe you're going to get me through it. I can't tell you the numbers of times I've, I've gotten out of the bed on a Sunday morning, about 4.30 in the morning, and I thought, huh, I... I, 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 I I've got to call Brother Daniel. I've got to call Pastor Echobearer. I've got to call Brother Mark. I've got to call Brother Lyle. I've got to call somebody. I'm not sure I'm going to do this, you know. And, uh, and just not feeling well and just saying, okay, Lord, I'll try. I'll see what I can do, you know. And Lord, I'm trusting you. God, you know where I'm at. You know what I've got to do today. And I just, I don't have it in me. I, and, and I just start putting one foot in front of the other, trusting God and praying and saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you. If you give me the strength, if you give me the ability, I'll just keep going. I'll keep trucking. And you know what? God just gives it to me. It's not something that I find out of a pure force of will to be able to do this. And I'm so good and strong. I, I know I look that way, but sometimes it doesn't always happen that way. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, folks, God gives me what I need just to keep going. And I'm trusting Him to provide what I can't see. I can tell you there have been many times in my life where by faith I have given something that I couldn't afford to give to the work of the Lord. Have you ever done that? If you've given a gift to the Lord and you thought, oh no, how am I going to pay the rent? Or you've given a gift to the Lord and you thought, I can't make the, the car payment. I'm, and you're nervous about it. But you believe that's in the moment what God wanted you to do and you were nervous about it. And you know what? Somewhere along the line, God just made ends meet. Somewhere along the line. God just allowed you to to drive a little further on a tank of gas. Somewhere along the line. The, the, there were a few more beans in the silo than you than you counted on. Somewhere along the line, you got a check or a stimulus check, or you got money from grandma for your birthday, or you got something, and God showed himself faithful. And he said, listen, I see like, like Paula was singing about, I can see what you don't. And from the top of this mountain here, I'm going to tell you something. You might be afraid to do that, but I want you to depend upon me because I need you to be my hand to provide over here to the work of that body. And don't you worry. I already see right down there. I've got prepared everything you need to see you all the way through. And you know what keeps me going on? It's the faith to simply believe him. And it's the faith that He gives me to trust Him. So we see the body's faith. We're called to live and walk by faith. And then I want you to notice this. The body's fellowship. Not fellowship, but fellowship. You know what that means? That we are going to, as members of the body, determine that we are going to be His disciples. To follow the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 12 contains one of the most beautiful uh, records of love being lavished upon the body of Jesus that we could ever imagine, but then it leads us to a place where Jesus begins to prepare His disciples for His coming crucifixion, His burial, and His resurrection, and He spoke in terms that they were uh, in in a little bit of parabolic, a little bit of a uh, metaphoric terms that they weren't quite, quite laying a hold of. He said this, in verse 23, Jesus answered them, answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. You see, Jesus was talking about this body that He had been prepared with. It was going to be laid in the ground. But was he going to come up as a physical body and be a physical king at that moment? Yes or no? No, he's going to cast off the old. The fact is, look, he was going to die and be buried. And it had to happen because if it didn't happen, then all of us would be lost forever. But he said, look, when that corn of wheat falls in the ground and dies, and that was him talking about himself, what's going to happen is it's going to bring forth... Much fruit. There's going to be a lot of children brought into the family of God because that happened. Those of you that have planted gardens or maybe lived on farms, you know what happens when you put a kernel of corn into the ground. You see, it casts off the hull and it begins to sprout. And it has to happen in a cold, solitary place uh, in order for it to be able to sprout and bring forth many seeds on that stalk. And that's exactly what Jesus was dealing with. And then He said this in verse 25, as He was calling His disciples to come after Him, He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve Me, let him follow Me. And where I am, there shall also My servant be. If any man serve Me, him will My Father honor. You see... Jesus was calling His disciples to to follow Him. Jesus said in Matthew 16, If any man would come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. My friends, that is precisely Jesus denied self-will. And He took up the cross of Calvary. And He went all the way to the cross for you and for Me. And what He calls us to do is to follow in His footsteps... In first Peter chapter two and verse number thirty-one, my friend, we're to follow the leadership of the head. That's not something we always enjoy, is it? No. But it's something that nonetheless God calls us to do. I want to quickly draw this sermon to a conclusion by saying we notice lastly the body's future. The body's future. Jesus said to his disciples after they were distressed, learning that He was to die the death of crucifixion. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there ye may be also." And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we knoweth not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What is that telling us? That the Lord is saying, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Gonna build you a mansion in heaven. I like that, don't you? There are some newer translations that say, "In my father's mansion are many rooms." You know, and folks, I don't know about you, but heaven to me would be having my own mansion on Glory Lane. You know, overlooking the crystal sea. How about you? And uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that gold is uh, such a plenteous commodity over there that they use it to pave the streets. Isn't that wonderful? I'm glad that, that the walls of my mansion will be made out of precious stones. That the doorknobs will be one big diamond. How about that? Talk about bling, right? I'm telling you, no rapper can imagine bling, bling like that, huh? And, and, but but if, look, if I, if I was all about the bling, I'd want to go to heaven because that's where it's all at, right? It's all about the bling. And, 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 and the fact is that he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Heaven... Is a place that the heirs of God and the joint heirs with Jesus Christ have an inheritance in. I have a place there, and 1 Peter says, It's reserved in heaven for me. I got a reservation up there, and you know what? It's my place. Because you know what? Listen, I'm an heir of God. And a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I've got a place up yonder. It's reserved in heaven for me. And Jesus is coming again. To take me with Him. And all of my loved ones in Christ. Up to spend forever. In glory with Him. And folks I am so looking forward to that. How about you? The other day I was. Listening to some music by one of my favorite uh, songwriters and singers. And uh, he had a new uh, uh, CD that came out, and it was a song called One More Reason. And he was talking about his grandma, who was such a woman of God, and, uh, and how that she prayed. And when she did, all heaven came to attention. And that she'd, she'd gone on to be with the Lord. And he said, now I have one more reason to go. When God calls my name, I have one more reason to go. You know, Jesus is going to come and call your name because your mansion will be all finished. He's got the title and the keys. We have a future because of our dear head whose name is Jesus. Who made us a part of his precious body. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful because I'm not deserving of it. I think about in John 12, when Jesus came back to Bethany after having already raised Lazarus from the dead, he went to the house of Simon, where Simon prepared a feast. There was Mary and Martha. Martha was serving everyone, serving the Lord. She was doing it with joy this time. And then came Mary. Mary of Bethany. She came in with a beautiful alabaster box. It was a beautiful box. contained a precious ointment, a spiked nard. the contents of that beautiful box represented the most valuable earthly possession that she had. And she broke it. Not in anger, but in love. She broke it and took the contents and poured them upon the head of Jesus and anointed With that oil, the head, and the body of Jesus. Jesus said, against the day of my burying has she done this. She's bestowed this upon my body. You say, that's a beautiful story. There were those that criticized her for it, and Jesus said, you leave her alone. She did this against the day of my burying. You know, it's an amazing thing to me every time I read this. That of all the lives that Jesus touched in his earthly ministry, there was only one person that it sunk in with, that he was going to die and be buried. And it was Mary of Bethany. Nobody else understood what Jesus was saying then, but she did. She did. Jesus had raised her brother from the dead, and she was so grateful that when she thought about what could I do, she found the most expensive thing that she had. And she lavished it on His body for the greatest work that could ever be bestowed upon humanity. And I just want to say something to you. When you understand what Jesus has done for you. There's nothing too great that He may place in your hand to bestow upon Him as an act of love. To minister to His body. Sometimes we we think, well, all they want down there is my money. No. If that's the way you feel about it, keep it. No reward in it anyway if that's how you feel. All God wants is you. He doesn't need your money. He's God. But when you understand all that He's done for you, and you look around and say, I I want to lavish some love upon Him, His body. I want to give something back to my Savior you're not going to give Him the least. You're going to give Him the best. And understand that what He has called His body to do is the most wonderful work that could be bestowed upon humanity. It's to carry this message of hope to a lost and dying world. God wants our bodies in sync to move in motion responding to our precious head whose name is Jesus to carry out that precious work. Would to God when He speaks this body goes into motion. Heavenly Father, how we thank You today for the wonderful work that You have accomplished for us. Lord, I pray today that we all may understand the grace that You have bestowed and may we then live our lives in response to that. Our heads are bowed for just a moment. No one is looking about. Perhaps there's someone in this room today that would say, Pastor Mark, I have listened to this message and I am not really even sure personally that if I died right now that I would spend forever in heaven with God. I just don't know. I'm concerned that my sins are not really all forgiven. And if that's you, I don't want to embarrass you at all, but I'd like to have the privilege of remembering you in a moment of prayer. And so if there's someone in this room that's not sure that if you died right now that you'd go to heaven to be with the Lord, but you're concerned about it, I wonder if you'd just give me the privilege of remembering you in prayer. If that's you today, while no one is looking, I wonder if you'd just slip your hand up right now. Just slip it up and right back down. Say, pray for me, pastors, or someone like that. Just up and down. I'll see where you are. I'll not embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. God bless you. And perhaps there's someone in the room that would say, Pastor Mark, I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that I'm on my way to heaven, but I know God's been speaking, but I haven't been moving. God's saying, I, I want you to I want you to move. I, I need you to be my hands, my feet we have not been moving. You say, I, I I love the Lord and I want to live my life in such a way that proves it out. Pray for me, Pastor, that when the Lord speaks, when the head talks, I move. Here's my hand. Pray for me. God bless you and you and you. God bless you and you and you. God bless you. God bless you so many today in a moment we're going to have a hymn of invitation and it's not going to be with fanfare it'll just be quiet and still but god is at work in the midst and if the spirit of the living god is touching you at the deepest part of your heart you know that there's something that God is calling you to. Will you move in the way that He's leading? If you're not saved, not sure that heaven is your forever home, when we have this invitation, I'll be standing at the front. I want to invite you to come. Allow me to have a counselor in a socially distant way. Show you from an open Bible how you can be absolutely sure that you're on your way to heaven. It'd be the greatest decision that you've ever made. If the Spirit of the living God is speaking, will you move? Will you move? Lord God, I pray that you would have your will in every heart and life in this moment. Help us. Oh God, we pray. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I'm going to invite you, if you're able, to stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet if you would. Miss India is playing, and she's going to begin playing that hymn. And as she does, if God is dealing with your heart, the altar is open. I'm here. We invite you to come right now. Would you come? Him says, just as I am. God doesn't want you to clean up your act and then come. He wants you to come just as you are. If the Lord is speaking, Heavenly Father, I thank You for this opportunity that we have to lift up the wonderful name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that each of us might leave here with a greater desire to move when You speak, to respond to the head, realizing that You've come to live inside these vessels so that we might be Your eyes, Your arms, Your feet your hands. God, we need you to give us the faith day by day to just simply trust and obey you. Lord, we pray that we would listen and that we would be that body in motion. For we pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm so happy I came to church today. I I just, uh, Laura, I'm so happy to see you. I I uh. I just, uh, sometimes folks come in they're wearing masks and I'm just, just kind. Of, I'm trying to figure out who's that again. Sometimes they've changed their hairstyle, and uh, but I'm so happy to see you. I've prayed for you so many times. I know it. Listen there are many people that are home and some of them are so lonesome they can't hardly stand themselves. Pick up the phone and call somebody and say church is meeting again and uh, I'd like for you to come next Sunday and sit by me. We'll go to lunch together. What a difference that might make for them. And so let's be his hands this week. Let's be his feet. Let's be his ears. Listen be His eyes, take them off self, and let's see the need of others. Amen. We're His body. That's what He wants us to do.